Thank you for joining the US Army Corps of Engineers Northwestern Division for today's Missouri River Basin Conference call. This is our monthly update webinar to provide an update of current runoff conditions in the Missouri River Basin. These calls are only part of our efforts to communicate with basin residents. We place all our news releases on our website at www.nwdusace.army.mil and on our social media accounts at nwd.usace. We encourage the public to use these resources as well as our web app to get the latest information from the Corps, the National Weather Service, and other partner agencies. These calls are provided as a courtesy to congressional representatives, tribal, state, and local government officials, including levy sponsors, emergency managers, and the media. I am Eileen Williamson, and I will be moderating today's call. These calls are recorded and placed on the Defense Video and Imagery Distribution System, and links are available at www.nwd.usace.army.mil slash mrwm under latest news. Your participation acknowledges your consent to be recorded. If you are not connected to the webinar, the slides are available at the bottom of today's press release, which was just sent out. All lines have been placed on mute for this call. To unmute your line to ask a question, press star six. If you've had the webinar, call your phone or you are using the webinar to connect to this um, presentation. You may have been double muted, which means that you, the webinar and your phone have muted you and you'll need to use that both places to unmute to ask your question. On top of all that, the force mute function may not work on all phones. So if I ask, please use your phone's own mute function to avoid interrupting the call and do not place the call on hold. The agenda for today's call is as follows. From NOAA, Mr. Doug Cluck from National Weather Service, Missouri Basin River Forecast Center. Uh, Mr. Kevin Lau from the Missouri River Water Management Division, Mr. John Remus and representatives of his staff. I'm also asked representatives of the Kansas City and Omaha District Readiness Branches to be available to answer questions at the end of the call, and we'll hold a question and answer session afterward. Um, those questions and answers will not be, obviously, if there are no questions asked, they will not be parted, part of the recording. And with that, I will turn things over to Doug Cluck. All right. <clears throat> Thank you, Eileen. Excuse me, I may have to have a drink of tea every once in a while during this presentation. Can you, there you go, uh, and go right into it here. I know I have a few extra slides today. Um, I wanted to do a little setting of the stage a bit. Um, I won't do this the rest of the month. You can thank me for that, I guess. But I wanted to kind of look back a bit into 2021 to see where we got or how we got to where we were um, just with a few slides. So. Just put up with me for just a moment here. Um, these both of these maps uh, more or less indicate the Missouri River uh, area, uh, really the Missouri Basin states, if you will. Um, the one on the left is uh, the departure from normal temperature, and, and I know you can't see the little graph on the side, but anything that's yellow um, or deeper orange or red is above normal. And uh, a lot of those temperatures for an entire year in that red zone or, or maroon or even um, are, are somewhere between uh, four to uh, six degrees above normal for the entire year when averaged all out over 365 days. That's impressive. 
Um, that's a lot of warmth, okay? Um, and you can remember back, uh, this wasn't the warmest year in February. Uh, it was actually pretty chilly, um, not, not as cold, anomalously cold as it was to the south of us, but um, it, it wasn't all that warm, uh, but it averaged out all that warm when we averaged in the summer and uh, uh, the fall, especially, uh, certainly warmed things up. So just wanted to say it was a warm year. Uh, it means a lot more evaporation probably. And, 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 and such, so we lost um, some moisture that way. And then if you uh, couple that with the precipitation percent of normal for the entire year, again, same state, same area, you can see there's a few areas of green which are, are above to slightly above, uh, above normal in terms of precipitation down there in Kansas, but mostly outside of uh, this river basin. Uh, the preponderance of, of above or below is below, and it really is focused on that Montana area, somewhat in the Dakotas, Western Nebraska, High Plains kind of region. Uh, but it's pretty scattered about in terms of basically below normal. <clears throat> That's sort of how we got to where we are. Next slide. Please. Okay, so this is just looking, uh, let's just say this is the fall. All right, so now we're just we're cutting it short. We had hopes that the fall would be a little wetter, you know, vegetation dies, uh, evaporation sort of uh, evapotranspiration actually kind of goes away. So there's less, less demand for water. And this is a great time to get recharge into the system, into the soils <clears throat> and start building up, if you will, the soil moisture content again. Well, Again, on the left, you see those departure from normal temperatures. All of those are above normal for the entire basin. And, and pretty much uh, we're talking uh, uh, four degrees plus uh, over uh, for, for much of the area uh, above normal. Uh, again, too much evaporation going on, not the recharge that we wanted to see. However, look at the precipitation on the right, the percent of normal for the fall actually into just just into January a bit, and you do see some areas that were are green to purple. Those uh, those received above normal precipitation. And we know those areas in eastern Dakotas. Uh, oh well, most of the Dakotas really, uh, but but primarily in the eastern Dakota area, uh, but not in Montana. A little recovery in Montana, and we're seeing a dearth of uh, of precipitation across Colorado, western Nebraska, Kansas. Uh, that area where you see those oranges and reds again showing uh, the percent of normal is, is pretty low. So not the best recharge fall that we could have had. Um, let's go to the next slide. <clears throat> okay. Um, before we flip to what's happening over the last 30 days, I wanted to kind of give you a perspective of what it was like last year at the, almost exactly the same time. So <clears throat> we look back 30 days from now last year at this time, we saw that the Northern Plains were really hot <laughs> uh, or above normal. It was very odd and uh, much warmer than, um, than the 30 days we're gonna show you in just a moment. Um, and the percent of pre uh, normal precipitation um, was pretty dry up north too, uh, a little less dry as you got into Nebraska. We had some nice snowstorms and, 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 and wet weather uh, into December uh, last year. Now let's let's go ahead and flip. Probably hit it twice. Uh, hit it once. 
Hopefully we'll bring up a, there you go, and hit it one more time. There we go. So now we have departure. This is now, <laughs> if you will, the last 30 days. Temperature on the left again. We see those greens to purple, which is uh, below normal temperatures, and yellows to red, showing above normal temperatures. So if you live in the southern part of the basin, we've been enjoying, we've been basking, basking in, uh, uh, I'll call it December warmth. <laughs> uh, up north, not so much. You've had, uh, You've had some really cold temperatures below normal and such up there um, um, for the most part. But that's that's the last 30 days or so I averaged out. In terms of precipitation, um, December isn't really a great time to, uh, to uh, well, it's a good time to recharge if you can get the precip, but it's not usually a heavy precipitation time. So even though we're getting some Oh, some of those greens and uh, light blue colors and even in purples in there, that's showing in spots that we're getting some precipitation. But it, when, it, when it comes to an annual amount, it's not that much in December, and especially in the plains. In the mountains, it's a different story, right? So the mountains have benefited uh, somewhat uh, in the last, uh, last 30 days or so from the uh, precipitation, the snow, we'll say. And a few places across the plains too, uh, and especially eastern Dakotas. And there's a swath across South Dakota. Uh, yes, uh, there's a swath of heavier precipitation across South Dakota as well. Further south, not so much. Uh, so, the, the, and this is, I'm going to say this probably 10 times. There, this is a typical, uh, kind of a stereotypical La Nina pattern that we're, we're seeing evolve, which was predicted. Um, and it actually happened, which is great. Um, and we're seeing the southern plains and sort of central plains drying in the northern part of the, uh, hopefully, northern part of the uh, uh, the plains and, and basin really uh, get a little wetter. So let's go to the next slide. I'm not sure why I have two ovals on. Oh, I do know why. Okay. so. Again, this is last year. Uh, don't think this is now, but this is the percent of normal we had last year, almost exactly. The, oh, what is to the day uh, uh, in, in terms of snow snowpack, really? And uh, this is how much water is available in each of those. When, if you percentile it um, in each of those little basins that you can see there, and a lot of those numbers where you see yellows and oranges, that's way below. Greens are near average so let's put on this year's um let's put up the or just hit the hit the button once and there we go <clears throat> so you know we're really concerned with that uh area in the oval not so much i mean it's great that they're getting uh, uh a lot of snow and rain or whatever uh, to our west that's great and actually the east or the west sides of a lot of the continental divide uh, are doing pretty well East side, not so much. So we're still tracking. Um, there's a few places that are average, but for the most part, uh, our snow our snow is a little bit below normal. And uh, until you get down to Colorado, where it's where it looks like it's above normal. But uh, uh, for for the most part, Montana and Wyoming are, are tracking a little bit on the on the um, low side for snowpack. We still have a long way to go over over half of our snow period uh, hasn't even happened yet. So um, we're, we're going to keep our fingers crossed that La Nina continues to uh, help us out here. Next, next slide.
Okay, last year's. Okay, this is last year's snowpack. Um, I don't I don't have it labeled very well, but as you can see, last year there was a again a dearth of snow across the entire area. Not to say, go ahead and hit the button. Not to say that this year is uh, that much better, but wherever you see that gray, that least means there's something going on. Now it's not much. It's not that much, but we're this is we, we use this to look at the plain snowpack more than anything else. It is a little bit better than last year. Is it gonna save us from imminent doom? No, not this, but we're hoping for, uh, we are hoping for uh, um, um, some more substantial snow, snow pack, if you will, uh, across, across the plains over the next uh, couple months, to be honest with you, to build that up a little bit. We do need some major snowstorms, um, whether we like them or not. <laughs> we do need that snow moisture out there if we can get it. And this is a major contributor, if not to the river, to the soil moisture that is uh, that's hurting for sure. Which is the main memory system, if you will, uh, for a lot of runoff um, in, in, in the basin, as well as the snowpack. All right, so there's the plains and the mountain snowpacks. You can see we're still oh, one more slide. I'll talk about snow here just for a minute. Um, this is uh, this is the snow depth compared to normal. Wherever you see blues, we're a bit above normal. Wherever you see yellows, we're below normal. So um, this is snow depth as opposed to snow equivalent. I know it's a little bit, I'm using a lot of terms here that are, are a little technical perhaps, but we're just talking about how deep the snow is here, not how much water is involved in it. So it, it's little apples and oranges, but not quite. It's really, uh, it's really oranges to mandarins here, if you will. <laughs> So uh, I just wanted to show you that because we are we are low in some places. Uh, you can see also in some of the higher elevations where we're low, being yellow to red or orange and such. But we're also above in a few places, as you can, as you can see in the Dakotas and that swath in uh, southeastern Wyoming. Okay, next slide. Oh boy, these are tough to see. Uh, some of these got smaller, I think. But anyway. Um, this is soil moisture, a couple different ways of looking at it. Both of them are very modeled. Um, some of it is a, a, a satellite derived and some of it is modeled, I'll say, by uh, computer models. Uh, what stands out here is it, it, when you combine the two is that our soils are still pretty darn dry. All right. Unless you go to eastern South Dakota uh, where they're not so much uh, or below normal. All right, so we do need to fill that buffer up, if you will, to get a good uh, flow uh, in, in uh, well, it'll help the flow in the Missouri River. How much, I don't know, it's it's sort of, uh, we'll see what happens here uh, over the next, again, next two or three months and end into the spring, but we don't wanna go into spring like this. We certainly don't wanna go into summer like this. This, this would be a bad, uh, bad omen if we went into summer. Um, like this without a lot of uh, soil moisture. Next slide. <clears throat> okay, so here's the outlook for the next seven days. For the most part, we're going to be dry. I mean, there's some upper higher elevation stuff going on, but it's not that much in Wyoming and Montana. That light green really amounts to nothing. Um, the, the white amounts to zero. Uh, zero. So um, we're looking dry over the next seven days, for the most part, over the basin. Next slide. 
Um, this is week two. So the 13th through the 19th, uh, we'll call it the middle of January, uh, above normal, on the left, above normal temperatures uh, are pretty strongly forecasted uh, from Canada to Mexico. And um, so the entire basin looks to be above normal in terms of temperature uh, and quite a bit above uh, right, through the, right through the middle of the plains. <clears throat> in terms of precipitation, uh, more importantly, uh, we do see some green in there, which is good. And with a bullseye up there in uh, Montana, North Dakota, let's hope that that pans out. There must be a system that's coming through that's going to um, drop. Again, I don't know if temperatures, I, I don't know how much above normal these temperatures are necessarily going to be, but they might be warm enough to be rain. Not sure we want that. We may want more snow up there this time of year. So we'll see if that pans out. Um, it's not, at least we're not showing below normal in terms of precipitation uh, for week two. Next slide, please. <clears throat> um, this is a classic El Nino, El, I'm sorry, La Nina pattern here where we see below normal temperatures to our north uh warmer to the sun the southern part of the u.s uh and wet northwest into montana wyoming that's great i mean that's 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 great from a couple of perspectives one is we're building up snowpack fingers crossed this is across this is just for january right now when we're averaging out our precipitation and temperatures this is what we sort of want to see in terms of precipitation Sorry about the cold temperatures, but they kind of go hand in hand in this case. Um, above normal precipitation is more probable. Uh, where we need it in the uh, in, in in the upper upper Missouri upper Missouri basin, uh, we hope that uh, comes true. Next slide. The next slide will be uh, uh, yeah January through March. So those three months when you average them all out. In terms of temperature and precipitation, it looks a little bit like the last one just for January. But again, this is a La Nina based pattern where we see below normal temperatures forecasted for, again, Montana for the most part, Northern Plains, maybe uh, better chance or equal chances for going one way or the other there um, in the white area. And then warmer as you go to the south. So this, in this case, we're talking about warmer than normal conditions across Kansas and Missouri. Southern, very southern part of the basin, out in Colorado for that matter. Um, and then in terms of precipitation, we see uh, the the likelihood of precipitation being enhanced across Montana where where we would expect it during a La Nina um, situation like we have. Okay, next slide. Okay, here's the drought update. I, I, these numbers are pretty small, so I apologize for that. If you want to go look it up, you can. This is just the Missouri River Basin, okay? And if you start looking at comparisons uh, compared to last year, a year ago, you know, we have more. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me go back. I'm going to I'm going to do that same thing. We're going to pull up. This is last year at this time uh, or close to this time. That's where it was dry. You can see uh, uh, sort of the central part, uh, but not the northernmost part and not the southernmost part of the basin. We're pretty darn dry. Let's go to the next slide. We can see this will be more telling, actually. <laughs> this is what's happening now. That's better. I was going, what happened to Montana? So 
what happened to Montana was it was dry and warm all year long and they ran out of, they, they, they basically got very dry and now they're dealing, uh, as you well know, uh, dealing with severe and exceptional drought up there <clears throat> still to this day, even though things have uh, wetted up slightly. Um, when you compare, <clears throat> if you look at that chart over there to the right, you can actually look at how we compare current versus one year ago, which is the last line on there, the last uh, row. And you can see some of those or a number of those uh, uh, um, D levels, if you will, are worse than they were last year. So last year we had 0.34 only in D4. Now we have 5.6% 5, 5 of the area in, in D4 drought. Um, D3 drought, uh, it's a little bit worse this year. D2 drought in terms of area, D2 drought, again, a little bit worse than last year. Um, D1 a little bit less or quite a bit less and D0 about the same. So it's just moving the drought around, uh, if you will. And um, that's our status right now in terms of drought out bed. And here's the outlook, the next slide. And I'll just be quick with this. Uh, there is, at, at, because of all those uh, outlooks that I showed you for wet in uh, Montana, they're saying there's going to be improvement across that area. Um, as you go sort of south and east, though, less chances for improvement, more status quo. This is through dis, uh, March 31st. <clears throat> we hope it's wrong. We hope it all improves, right? Um, and... Uh, I guess the good thing is we don't see any yellow development there, even in Kansas or Nebraska, where uh, sometimes during La Nina we can see uh, we, we can see drought sort of take hold. Maybe it's too early to see that yet. Anyway, um, final slide, one more. This is just a summary. Current, we're in current our ENSO condition, as we like to call it, is in La Nina form, not El Nino. Uh, so La Nina uh, favors cool and wet north, dry and warm south. Uh, plain snowpack, uh, mostly east-based, I guess I'd say, and mostly below normal, you know, area-wise. Mountain snowpack, mainly below, um, some average, it, it, some average areas, especially to the south. Outlook short-term, warmer than normal, and uh, maybe surprisingly enough, uh, precipitation uh, slightly favors above normal. Uh, in the short term, and then longer, longer term, colder than normal, likely north and west, and increased likelihood of above normal uh, temperatures to the south. Precipitation mainly enhanced, in terms of the outlook anyway, mainly enhanced in the north and west. Yeah. So if you ever, if you want to hear more about, the, uh, get an update on this, all that stuff I just showed you gets updated on a monthly basis. Our next one is January 20th. Um, that's our webinar in case you want to come in and listen to uh, a climate expert talk about that for the north central part of the U.S. Thank you and over and out. Thanks, Doug. And we'll move to you, Kevin Lau. All righty. Thank you, Eileen. Can you hear me okay? Just fine. Thanks. Okie doke. Well, good afternoon, everyone. And um, on behalf of uh, uh, NOAA, I we appreciate uh, the Corps asking Doug and I to uh, participate on this series of calls. Um, I'll be discussing, uh, as the slide says, uh, the, the river outlook uh, going into the spring. So 
Uh, as Doug said, snowpack conditions in the mountains can generally be categorized as being below normal. And the exception to that would be the Platte River system, where both the North and South Platte uh, headwaters have an above average snowpack. By this point in the winter, we have normally accumulated about 40% of the seasonal peak snow water equivalent in the mountains. And so we're still very early in the season and uh, much could still change, as I usually say. So the uh, January water supply forecasts that are issued or developed by the National Weather Service should be issued either tomorrow or Monday by our office. Uh, I did take a look at the preliminary numbers and they would suggest that the April through September runoff volumes for the mountains will be below normal. As Doug said, plain snow is widespread, but it is shallow, heaviest amounts are to be found in eastern North Dakota with one and a half to two inches of snow water equivalent being reported. Uh, the big story, again, as Doug said, in the Missouri Basin remains the ongoing drought. As Doug said, soils across the majority of the basin are dry to extremely dry. Uh, the latest drought monitor puts 84% of the basin as being classified as abnormally dry or worse. Uh, water year 21, which covered the period from October of 2020 through September of 2021, was the 17th driest on record for the basin in 126 years. And so as a result, there's been limited flooding within the Missouri River Basin this fall and early winter, which is uh, good news, you might say. Uh, so far this water year, in other words, since October of, of 21, we've experienced flooding within the Grand River Basin and the Gasconade River Basin, both located in the state of Missouri. Of course, Missouri has not experienced this, the severity of drought that the rest of the basin has. Uh, but the message here I want to convey is that flooding can and flooding does occur every month of the year in the Missouri River Basin. With colder temperatures, we've also seen some elevated river stages farther west and north. The lower reach of the North Platte has seen elevated stages uh, this past week due to ice action as has the Jefferson and the Gallatin Rivers in Montana and the Wind River in Wyoming. Impacts to these uh, freeze-up jams have been localized and minor. However, the risk for ice jam-related flooding will continue for the remainder of the winter. Looking ahead, our office issues 90-day river outlooks toward the end of each month. And the most recent 90-day outlook covers the three-month period ending late March. And that's depicted in that graphic that you see on my, on my uh, slide there. Uh, green is good. Green means flooding is not likely. So this outlook would indicate that the only area within the Missouri River Basin that has a greater than 50% chance to see flooding would be in south-central Missouri, uh, maybe extreme eastern Kansas. And this is typical. Risk for flooding between now and mid or late March is dependent upon the timing and location of any rain events or any plain snow melt or rain on snow events. And again, as I mentioned earlier, ice jam flooding will remain a possibility throughout the winter. And as we near the end of this three-month outlook period, when we come to March, 
then we have to begin to think about thunderstorm activity, and that does drive the springtime flooding in the lower basin. The National Weather Service will be issuing its first official spring flood outlook on Thursday, February the 10th, and that will provide the first official National Weather Service quantification of flood potential for this spring and early summer. Thank you, and this concludes the National Weather Service Flood Potential Brief. Back to you, Eileen. Thanks, Kevin. And I'm going to hand it over to Mr. John Remus to start the Missouri Basin Water Management team off. Uh, thank you, Eileen, and thank you to Kevin Lau and Doug Clough for their insights. Good afternoon, everyone. I'm John Remus, Chief of the Missouri River Basin Water Management Division. Our office is responsible for regulating the Missouri River Mainstream Reservoir System. I will provide some general remarks, and then I will turn the discussion over to my senior staff for more detailed information. I want to again assure everyone in the basin that the Corps of Engineers remains fully committed to our flood risk reduction mission, protecting people and businesses when we can from significant runoff events that pose a threat to human health and safety. Floods can and will occur regardless of basin or system conditions. This includes ice-induced flooding during the winter freeze-in and spring breakup periods. Also, widespread thunderstorms in the lower Missouri River can and do occur. Runoff from large storms in the lower basin cannot always be mitigated by operation of the mainstream reservoirs. Further, it is important to understand that the volume, timing, and location at which runoff enters the system significantly impacts the timing and amount of releases from the reservoirs. Each runoff season or flood event is unique. Care should be taken when comparing one event to another. The 2022 upper basin runoff is forecasted to be below average. Ryan Larson and Mike Swenson will provide more details as to how this will likely how this will likely impact reservoir operations. But basically, we are anticipating continuing our water conservation measures into 2022 and possibly longer. The conservation measures are reduced flow support to navigation and minimal winter releases. The Corps of Engineers understands the importance of the Missouri River Basin in providing water for irrigation, municipal, and industrial uses throughout the basin. We try to operate the system to meet the water supply requirements of the basin to the extent reasonably possible. There is presently and will be adequate water in the reservoirs and in the river reaches between the reservoirs and below the system to serve all water supply needs. I want to remind everyone that the Corps of Engineers does not provide or guarantee access to the water. Maintaining access to the water is the individual facility owner and operator's responsibility. Having said that, over the last several days, releases from Gavin's Point Dam were increased from the minimal release of 12,000 cubic feet per second in an attempt to mitigate the effects of the relatively sudden and severe temperature, cold temperatures across the lower basin. We will continue to monitor river conditions and weather forecast and make operational adjustments to the extent possible. We will also continue to meet our statutory obligations to operate the Missouri River Main Stem Reservoir System for its authorized purposes, as described in the Master Water Control Manual. We will also continue to comply with all laws and the provisions of the 2018 Biological Opinion. Lastly, the runoff forecasts are projected pool, pool levels 
that Ryan Larson and Mike Swenson will be discussing are based on the best available information. Actual conditions may be different. This concludes my remarks. Thank you very much. I will now turn the discussion over to Ryan Larson. Right. Thanks, John. Uh, next slide, Eileen. The 2021 calendar year runoff summation for the Missouri River Basin above Sioux City, Iowa was 15.2 million acre feet, or 59% of average, which is the 10th lowest annual runoff for the Missouri River Basin in 123 years of record keeping. The 2022 calendar year runoff forecast, which is highlighted in red for the upper Missouri River Basin above Sioux City, Iowa is 21.7 million acre feet, or 84% of average. Next slide. The below average runoff forecast for 2022 reflects the current drier than normal soil moisture in the upper basin and below average plains and mountain snowpack. As seen on this slide, we are expecting below average runoff during the high runoff periods from March through July when the plains and mountain snow typically melts. Next slide. Soil moisture is very dry in western portions of the basin and near normal in South Dakota and most areas of North Dakota, with a small area of above normal soil moisture in northeastern South Dakota and southeastern North Dakota. Next slide. This is the same plain snowpack graphic that Doug showed earlier, but with a high contrast setting to highlight that the snow is currently widespread but very shallow with the heaviest plains snow concentrated in northern South Dakota and central and eastern North Dakota. The plains snowpack typically melts from mid-February into April. Next slide. Mountain snowpack is accumulating at below average rates in both reaches, above Fort Peck and Fort Peck to Garrison. It's important to note that the majority of the mountain snowfall typically occurs from January 1st to mid-April. In summary, the 2022 calendar year runoff forecast is 21.7 million acre feet, or 84% of average. I will now turn it over to Mike. Okay, thanks, Ryan. Uh, first of all, Gavin's Point releases reached the winter rate of 12,000 TFS in early December. As John mentioned, releases were increased up to 16,000 this past weekend due to cold weather, which caused ice formation. Releases are now at 14,000 CFS, and our current plan is to reduce to 12,000 CFS on Monday. Gavin's Point releases are expected to remain near 12,000 through February, but will be adjusted as needed due to cold weather. Uh, with Garrison releases, Garrison releases were set at 16,000 CFS in December prior to the river freeze-in and are expected to remain at that rate during January downstream conditions permitting. Moving on to talk about the monthly simulations or monthly studies. The basic simulation uses the runoff forecast that Ryan just discussed. Due to the amount of variability in precipitation and other hydrologic factors that can occur over the next several months, we also develop an upper and lower runoff that are then used in the upper and lower basic simulations. These simulations provide a range of reservoir elevations and releases that may be expected under the different runoff scenarios. The discussion to follow will focus mainly on the basic or most likely runoff forecast. Information on the other runoff simulations is posted on our web page. Uh, turning to slide 25, 
You can see that system storage is currently at 47.8 million acre feet, 8.3 million acre feet below the base of the annual flood control zone. Uh, moving on to slide 26, and looking at the upper three reservoirs, Fort Peck, Garrison, and Oahe are currently 9.3, 9.5, and 10.6 feet below the base of their respective flood control pools. The reservoirs will start next year's runoff season approximately 10 to 12 feet below the base of their flood pools. Fort Randall will be refilled over the winter and will reach the base of the flood control zone by late February. Uh, now moving on to slide 27 uh, and talking about that navigation service level and season line. The service level is used to determine releases from Gavin's Point Dam to support navigation and in combination with the bank stabilization and navigation project to help provide the downstream navigation channel. The navigation service level at the start of the navigation season is typically based on the March 15th system storage. Under the basic simulation, we would be providing minimum service flow support for the first part of the navigation season. For the minimum service level on the basic simulation, Gavin's Point monthly average releases range from approximately 24,000 to 29,000 CFS. The service level for the remainder of the navigation season and the navigation season length are based on the July 1st system storage. Under the basic forecast, flow support for navigation would be just slightly above minimum service after the July 1 storage check, and there would be a shortening of the normal eight-month navigation flow support season uh, by about three days. Uh, in terms of energy generation at the main stem dams, System generation in 2021 was 8.6 billion kilowatt hours. The long-term average is 9.5 billion kilowatt hours. The forecast for 2022, again with the basic simulation, is 7.8 billion kilowatt hours. And my last slide here is number 28, which shows the Missouri River Basin weekly update, which is found on our website at the address shown on the top of the slide. The webpage gives a general overview of the current conditions in the Missouri River Basin and is updated weekly, usually on Tuesday mornings. Thank you, and that concludes my comments. I'll send it back to you, Eileen. All right, thanks, Mike. And uh didn't check to see, but did we have anybody from Kansas City on to provide an update on levy status? Yeah, hi, Elaine. It's Mike Doolin. I can provide you with an update. Great. Thanks, Mike. Yeah, no problem. Let me pull up my cheat sheet here. Um, so from the 2019 flood event, we are uh, nearing the end of all those levy rehabs. There's only really a handful of them left. Uh, some of the work that remains to be done is just like seeding and things like that, which uh, we'll wait till the seeding window opens up in the spring. Uh, the other ones that are yet to finish, uh, Holt number nine is our up in Holt County, Missouri. That's our only levy with a breach remaining. Uh, and right now, uh, the levy district and landowners are in negotiations <clears throat> uh, to kind of try to come to an agreement on how the setback should be cut, cut through the landowner's property. So that's sort of out of the core's hands and left up to the levy districts and the landowners to decide 
uh, on a path forward there before our contractors can move back in uh, and start work again. And so for the uh, little flood that we had in June and July in 2021, out of that, we got uh, 17 requests for levy rehabilitation assistance. Uh, 13 of those requests are going to qualify for repairs under PL-8499. Uh, out of those, uh, all the project information reports that we needed to produce uh, have been produced, submitted to division, and approved. Uh, so there'll be seven projects uh, from the 2021 flood uh, that are incorporated to existing or ongoing contracts, so we won't have to do PIRs for those so we can move forward with them a little bit quicker. And then um, we're looking at probably, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, beginning to advertise some of those new projects uh, in the spring of 2022. Uh, we're looking at awards in the summer of 2022 and then uh, completion uh, by winter of 2022, maybe sooner if uh, we get some of those dry conditions that we were talking about earlier. So that's about all I got for you today and happy to answer any questions. Great, thank you so much. Okay, and our next call will be held on February 3rd at 1 p.m. And I'll send the invitation out for that uh, in the week ahead of the meeting. And then um, as, as I did today, the, the update uh, the morning of. This is the name of your speakers today. So uh, for the media, as you reference any of our speakers, you can uh, refer to this. And I will move into the question and answer session and uh, remind you that you'll need to come off mute to ask your questions. And please state your name and the organization that you represent. Uh, we've got 88 callers on the line. John, did you have any final closing remarks? Uh, yes, uh, first of all, I'd like to thank everybody for, uh, for listening in. Uh, we will, as Eileen said, start holding these calls on a monthly basis. Uh, the next one will be the first week of February. We will uh, uh, have, have ad hoc meetings if they become necessary for some reason or another. And uh, again, just thank everybody. I'd like to thank Kevin Lau and uh, Doug Cluck for their assistance as well as uh, uh, Mr. Doolin from the Kansas City District. And with that, I'll turn it back over to you, Eileen. All right, thanks, John. Um, I will um, put the recording up as soon as we get a chance to get it downloaded and uh, trim the beginning and the end off. Um, but unless there are any final questions, that will conclude today's call. Thanks, everybody, for calling in. Thank you.